the secret compounds in pumpkins. Can they impact our health? Tune in to find out only here on the People Scientist Podcast. Listening to the People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 79, where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. How are you today? How has your day been so far? Anything new and exciting going on for you? Feel free to send me a DM on social media to introduce yourself. I always love hearing from my listeners. For me, in a few hours, I will be heading to Times Square to film a dance video, so I'm very excited about that. Dancing is one of the things in my life that brings me a lot of happiness. You know, that's one bonus about it being quieter here in New York City right now during this quarantine period, is that we can do some things more easily that we couldn't before when the city was more busy, like filming a big dance video in the middle of Times Square. So I'm pretty excited for that. But back to the podcast... What have you been thinking of the October theme so far? I started off this month with an episode on a spice that is commonly consumed more during the fall, and that is cinnamon. I talked about the health benefits of cinnamon, particularly in the context of type 2 diabetes. Then in the second episode of October, I talked about a study that characterized how our fear response may originate from our skeleton. That was a pretty cool study that had implications for exercise and resilience against stress. Then last week, I spoke about the psychological and neurobiological profile of serial killers and traits that psychiatrists look for in people in order to treat individuals before they commit a crime. I've really been enjoying these last few episodes and the fall theme. I think fall is such a fun season. So I was brainstorming a topic to do for today, And I kept coming back to the same topic of pumpkins. Pumpkins are so synonymous with fall and Halloween. And when I dug into the scientific literature, pumpkins are actually very interesting plants that contain a lot of compounds that may have an impact on our health. So like we always do, how about we start off with some core takeaways? Many parts of the pumpkin can be consumed, such as the pumpkin fruit itself, the pumpkin seeds, and the oil pressed from pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin is well known to be very rich in vitamin A and beta carotene. And pumpkin seeds are a good source of many minerals like iron, magnesium, and manganese. These nutrients are important for our eye health, our immune system, our antioxidant defenses, and so much more so they can be part of a nutritionally balanced diet. 
But pumpkin and its seeds are also very rich in some less well-known compounds like terpenes and phytosterols. Some clinical studies indicate that pumpkin seeds or pumpkin seed oil may improve blood glucose levels, symptoms of enlarged prostate, and may improve symptoms of overactive bladder and hair loss in men, and pumpkin seed intake is associated with a reduced risk of cancer because of these less recognized compounds present in them. So pumpkin and its seeds seem to be a healthy food that may hold many health benefits. Now, let's jump into those important details. Pumpkins belong to a particular plant family that also includes gourds, melons, and squashes. Both the fruit and the seeds and the oil from the seed of the pumpkin have been looked at for their nutritional qualities. Most of the clinical research is on pumpkin seeds or pumpkin seed oil. First, let's talk about the health benefits or the clinical research of pumpkin seeds on blood sugar levels. In the journal Nutrition Research in 2018, Candido and colleagues conducted a clinical trial with 40 individuals to see if consuming pumpkin seeds with a high-carbohydrate meal could impact blood sugar levels in people without diabetes. The scientists also included an additional group that had flaxseed added to their meal. I spoke about the potential health effects of flaxseed a few episodes back, and most of that episode was based on work I had published in my PhD. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, give it a listen, because I think it's a really good one. So in this particular clinical trial, the participants were provided three high-carbohydrate meals containing no seed as the control group, or 65 grams of crushed and roasted pumpkin seeds, or flax seeds, for three days. All the meals contained the same amount of calories and carbohydrates. The scientists measured the participants' blood glucose levels several times following their completion of eating the meals. Now, I have to say that 65 grams of seeds is quite a bit. Most of the clinical trials I conducted looked at 30 grams of flaxseed or other seeds. So 65 grams is quite a bit and probably about 7 tablespoons worth. Nevertheless, following the high-carbohydrate meal alone, the participants' blood glucose levels rose to about 7.6 millimoles per liter, and that is equivalent to 137 milligrams per deciliter, depending on what unit of measurement you're used to. But if the pumpkin seeds were added to that high-carbohydrate meal, their blood glucose levels only rose to about 6.6 millimoles per liter, which is 119 milligrams per deciliter. Now that is a good improvement, that added crushed pumpkin seeds to a high-carbohydrate meal improved blood sugar after the meal by about 15%. By comparison, flaxseed also had some benefit, but was not as effective as the pumpkin seeds. As with the addition of flaxseed, the participants' blood glucose levels rose to 7.3, which is 130 milligrams per deciliter which is still lower than eating the carbohydrates alone, just not as good as the pumpkin seed effect. The scientists also looked at the participants' appetite levels and calories consumed later on in the day, but in this clinical trial, there did not seem to be an impact on appetite or calories consumed later in the day, but there was indeed an impact on their blood glucose levels when consumed with a high-carbohydrate meal. Pumpkin seeds are also a good food to add if people are low in iron or eat plant-based, 
as 28 grams of pumpkin seeds contains about 25% of our daily iron requirement. Now let's look at pumpkin seed oil, as pumpkin seed oil seems to be researched in the clinical setting even more. So pumpkin seed oil is made by pressing pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seed oil may contain some fat-soluble phytosterols and terpenes that could have some benefits. I have spoken about omega fatty acids in many past episodes, for example, in episode 75, 66, episode 25, and episode 10. I will bring up fatty acids again here because they are present in pumpkin seed oil. Omega fatty acids are, some of them are considered essential for our health, meaning we must obtain them from our diet in order to be healthy. Typically, the first sign that someone has an omega fatty acid deficiency It appears on their skin. They may have dry, dull, red, or patchy skin. So the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids are considered essential for a lot of health purposes. However, typically we obtain too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3 in our diet. This imbalance may lead to increased levels of inflammation because although omega-6 fatty acids are needed for our well-being, If we have too much, it may increase the level of pro-inflammatory oxylipins in our body. Omega-6 fatty acids, for example, are found in safflower oil, corn oil, butter, and are usually quite high in things like chips, french fries, meats, and processed foods. The availability of omega-6 fatty acids is why we usually get too much of omega-6s in our diet. I talked about this more at length in those previous episodes, if you want to go back and give them a listen. The reason why I bring this up is because pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil are quite rich in omega-6 fatty acids and contain little to no omega-3s. So as a first impression, I wasn't sure that we should be adding high levels of pumpkin seed oil into our diet. However, there's also a lot of monounsaturated fatty acids in pumpkin seed oil, which could have some health benefits. But I think overall, it depends on someone's overall diet. For example, if someone does not eat a lot of omega-6 fatty acids already, then adding some pumpkin seed oil would likely be just fine for them. However, pumpkin seed oil is a perfect example of how it is important to look at not just the fatty acids in the oil, but the other components such as the terpenes, the phytosterols, and the lignans. This is a great example of how fruits and vegetables contain so many compounds, and a lot of the time we're still just investigating or discovering them today. They contain so many more compounds than just the typical vitamins, minerals, and fatty acids that may influence our health. So for example, supplements may take one small component of a fruit or vegetable, such as the vitamin C or the omega-3 fatty acids. But if we take just those isolated compounds in the supplement, We could be missing all the other compounds that may influence our health that have yet to be discovered. For example, pumpkin seed oil is rich in sterols like avenosterol, spinosterol, cytosterol, stigmasterol, triterpenoids, tetraterpenoids, carotenoids, tocopherols, and polyphenols. So there's a lot of phytosterols and terpenes that are present in pumpkin and pumpkin seed oil. These plant sterols themselves have been studied at length in regard to their ability to scavenge free radicals and reduce oxidative stress and inflammation and chronic diseases that are plagued by inflammation. Interestingly, some scientists looked into the health effects of adding pumpkin seed oil in the context of men's health issues. This was reviewed in the journal Food Research International last year. 
The scientists studied pumpkin seed oil, for example, in the context of benign prostatic hyperplasia, which is an enlarged prostate, in the context of an overactive bladder, and they also looked at pumpkin seed oil in the context of hair loss in men. So let's go through some of the clinical data on these conditions and the effects of pumpkin seed oil. An enlarged prostate is unfortunately a condition that impacts many men. For example, by the age of 80 years, it is predicted that 90% of men will battle with this. It can lead to difficulty with urination, urinary tract infections, and in the very worst case, rare scenario, kidney failure. The typical treatment is to take medications such as alpha-adrenergic antagonists, 5-alpha reductase inhibitors, or phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibitors. But these medications can come with some undesirable side effects. So scientists have tried to see if other treatments with less side effects could work. So comes in pumpkin seed oil. In one trial, scientists recruited 47 men with an enlarged prostate, and they had the participants take a placebo, or 320 milligrams of pumpkin seed oil per day in capsules, or saw palmetto oil in capsules, which is another plant of interest in men's health, or the combination of both oils every day, for 12 months. So this was a one-year study, which is a very good clinical trial design. After three months already, the participants exhibited some benefits to their prostate symptom score by 58 to 75 percent. The combination of pumpkin seed oil and saw palmetto oil seemed to be the best. These findings are quite good. Scientists also looked at prostate-specific antigen in the participants' blood. This is an important molecule in the blood that, when elevated, is associated with prostate cancer or other prostate disorders. In this trial, the combination of pumpkin seed oil with saw palmetto oil resulted in a slow and gradual decline in prostate-specific antigen levels over 12 months, which is really good. Another clinical trial replicated these findings in 92 men, with 320 milligrams of pumpkin seed oil taken daily in capsules. It is always great when different clinical trials can conclude the same results. That gives us more confidence in the treatment. These clinical findings are supported with preclinical studies too. Daily administration of pumpkin seed oil for 30 days inhibited the prostate growth and testosterone-induced prostate enlargement in rats. So they also see this in preclinical studies. Scientists have also studied pumpkin seed oil for overactive bladder. Overactive bladder typically results in having to wake up several times throughout the night to use the restroom. Now, this can interfere greatly with with sleep quality, and we know the importance of sleep for our mental health, our memory, our performance in general. And we know that sleep is important for our glymphatic system. Now, the glymphatic system functions overnight so that our brain can clean itself, and that's important in the context of dementia and just our cognition in general. And I chatted about the glymphatic system a bit in episode 16, if you're interested in hearing more about that. So an overactive bladder can greatly impact people's well-being by impacting their sleep quality. Nishimura in 2014 conducted an open-label study and asked 45 men to take 10 grams of pumpkin seed oil every day. So this is much more than the previous clinical trial because this is about two teaspoons of pumpkin seed oil every day. After only six weeks of taking pumpkin seed oil daily, the participants' symptom score improved by 21%, and after 12 weeks of consuming pumpkin seed oil daily, it improved by 39%. 
those are pretty great results. If your symptoms improved by about 40%, a lot of people would consider that quite significant. One important thing to keep in mind is that this study was not ideally designed because they did not have a control or placebo group. So there could have been a bit of a placebo effect here. But this trial still does offer good insight into the potential benefits for some people battling with an overactive bladder. Pumpkin seed oil has also been investigated for its impact on hair loss in men. In a randomized placebo-controlled double-blinded study, so a great study design, 76 participants with mild to moderate hair loss were enrolled. The participants were asked to take a total of 400 milligrams of pumpkin seed oil in capsules every day one capsule in the morning and one capsule in the evening, or they were asked to take a placebo every day for 24 weeks. After 24 weeks, 44% of those taking pumpkin seed oil exhibited improvements in their hair growth, whereas only 8% exhibited improvements in the placebo group. Hair counts on the head improved by 40% on average after 24 weeks of taking pumpkin seed oil, but improved by only 10% in the placebo group. So it appears that pumpkin seed oil and the components within it, such as plant sterols, may have benefit for some men living with hair loss. So how is pumpkin seed oil having this effect on enlarged prostate, overactive bladder, and hair loss? Well, the effects of the oil are thought to be related to the phytosterols and terpenes. In cell culture, it appears that pumpkin seed oil or the components within it can inhibit or mimic the action of some typical medications for these conditions, such as inhibiting 5-alpha reductase, inhibiting cyclooxygenase 2, and the phytosterols are also able to scavenge free radicals. So those are the mechanisms by which they think pumpkin seed oil or its components may be having these health benefits. Pumpkin seeds have also been studied in the context of cancer. There was an observational study in 2012 that began the idea that pumpkin seeds may have anti-cancer properties. In the journal Nutrition and Cancer in 2012, in over 7,000 women, they found that women who ate some amount of pumpkin seeds regularly had a 23% lower risk of breast cancer versus women who ate no pumpkin seeds. Now this is just an association though, so an intervention trial would be ideal. But unfortunately, I couldn't find any intervention trials looking at cancer risk. But there have been some cell culture studies to support this notion. A really interesting study was published in the journal Cancer Letters. The scientists investigated in cell culture how certain phytosterols or terpenes found in pumpkin might have an impact on the cancer cell growth and inflammation. They noted that adding these compounds to colon, breast, lung, or brain cancer cells inhibited the growth of the cancer cells, so that's seen as a very good thing. The scientists compared this to a common anti-cancer drug, doxorubicin, and in many cases, the pumpkin compounds were superior to the drug. Another study in 2019 by Sikander and colleagues noted that these compounds also inhibited and killed pancreatic cancer cells in cell culture. Scientists also looked at the ability for these compounds to inhibit inflammation, They noted that these pumpkin bioactives inhibited an enzyme called cyclooxygenase 2. This is an inducible enzyme that can increase inflammation, pain, and fever. Cyclooxygenase 2 is targeted and inhibited by taking aspirin and Advil, for example. 
In some cases, these pumpkin bioactives were superior to these compounds of aspirin and Advil. Considering this fact, I looked to see if these compounds were studied in the context of arthritis, as arthritis is the result of high levels of inflammation and pain, and often people will take anti-inflammatories like aspirin to reduce the symptoms. But unfortunately, I couldn't find any clinical trials, but there was a study in rats in which the scientists modeled arthritis in the rats, and they provided the pumpkin bioactive to the rats, and they noted a significant reduction in many signs of arthritis and markers of inflammation. But it is important to know that these findings are limited to cell culture, and sometimes they don't always translate to a clinical setting. So these are just preliminary findings. One important question that we always consider when trying to translate cell culture data into clinical data is, do these compounds even enter our blood circulation? This is an important question because if it does not enter our blood circulation, it may have an impact on our stomach and intestines and colon if we eat it, and it goes through our digestive tract. But in order for these bioactive compounds from pumpkin to be able to impact our other organs, like our liver, our heart, our lungs, our eyes, for example, it may need to be absorbed into our blood circulation in order to gain access to those organs. Well, in the journal Molecular Food and Nutrition Research in 2017, scientists asked 17 men to consume terpenes in water. Now, terpenes are also present in pumpkins. The scientists noted that the terpenes started to appear in the participants' blood by 30 minutes, and concentrations peaked at 2 to 4 hours. The antioxidant potential of the participants' blood increased as a result of consuming the terpenes. Now, terpenes are also highly absorbable by the skin and can enter the blood circulation by applying it to the skin. So, in theory, if someone put pumpkin seed oil on their skin, it potentially could lead to the absorption of some of these compounds into the blood, but no one has published this on pumpkin seed oil specifically. So then it does appear that some of the bioactive components of pumpkin, pumpkin seeds, or pumpkin seed oil may actually enter the blood circulation and have an impact on our health from there. So an important question is, are there any side effects to consuming pumpkin, pumpkin seeds, or pumpkin seed oil? Well, clinical trials have tested safety measures like looking at liver enzymes, blood creatinine, blood pressure levels, blood glucose, hormone levels, and they appear to be unchanged with pumpkin intake, which is good. My only thing to keep in mind that I've brought up in many past episodes is that seed oils in general should be cold-pressed and kept in the fridge. Cold-pressed means that when the seeds are pressed to extract the oil, it should be done in a way that does not generate heat. Heat can degrade the unsaturated fatty acids and potentially lead to the production of lipid peroxides. And lipid peroxides can be very detrimental to the cells in our body. I go into details on that specific topic in episode 10 if you want to give that a listen. So if you are looking to consume pumpkin seeds, consider eating them raw and grinding them, which would make them easier to digest and to absorb the bioactive components. I suppose that lightly roasting the seeds would be okay in theory too. If purchasing the pumpkin seed oil, try to find one that is cold pressed and keep the oil in your fridge, which would keep it and protect it away from light and heat so that the nutrients can remain stable. Also, keep in mind to eat sources of omega-3 fatty acids to make sure to keep that omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acid ratio in balance if you choose to add pumpkin seed oil to your diet. 
So, so some sources of omega-3 fatty acids include flaxseed, chia seed, hemp seed, walnuts, seaweed, salmon, and sardines. So that is a wrap, my people scientist army, on the October-themed episode of Pumpkins. Pumpkin fruit is low in calories and contains many vitamins and minerals, in particular vitamin A, beta-carotene, and pumpkin seeds contain many important minerals like iron, magnesium, and manganese. Pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil contain many phytosterols and terpenes, which may have benefit for blood glucose levels, enlarged prostate, overactive bladder, hair loss, and and some anti-cancer features. But one important thing that I want to mention is that the clinical data on pumpkin seed oil and pumpkin seeds is not very, very strong. And I want to mention that for me, like for example, a few episodes back when I talked about cinnamon and type 2 diabetes, I mean, there were over 20 randomized controlled clinical trials looking at the impact of cinnamon on blood glucose levels. So I shared that evidence with great confidence. In regard to pumpkin seed oil and pumpkin seeds, it's just not investigated to the same extent. So that's one kind of disclaimer I want to put out there is that the data regarding the health benefits of pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil is not as strong, but foundationally it does provide some information and could be interesting for future investigations or for individuals really struggling with their health. Perhaps this is something that you could bring up to your physician to see what they say. And remember, if you do want to try adding pumpkin seed oil to your diet, try to purchase it cold-pressed, store the seeds or the oil in your fridge, and try to incorporate some omega-3 food sources too. I hope that you all have a really great week. I know Halloween is this upcoming weekend, so if you choose to do anything for Halloween, I hope that you have a very fun and safe Halloween celebration. And I look forward to meeting you back here the same time and same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.